Big Finish presents Doctor Who Short Trips. The Second Oldest Question by Carrie Thompson. Read by Sarah Sutton. The rain pelted down on the crowd gathered in the village square. Snittlegarth was no stranger to downpours of this kind, and today the deluge only served to add drama to the scene that ensued in the mulch and mire of the medieval English hamlet. At the centre of the soaked crowd, an impromptu open court was taking place. The villagers jeered and booed wildly. It was a cacophony well able to rise above the squelching sound of the fevered foot-stamping and jostling. The smell of manure and sodden, unwashed clothes rose in a symphony of stink as the scene inside the circle unfolded. Within, a judge was seated on a high wooden bench. His drenched robes flapped around feebly in the strong prevailing wind with an audible slop, slop. He glared at the diminutive defendant who was currently being constrained by a large warden. The judge's voice cut sharp as he bellowed against the gale. You stand accused of civil disobedience, theft and arson. How do you plead? Across the square, the cowering, crestfallen accused looked on with small obsidian bead eyes and gave her timorous reply. <coughs> Who will act as your defence? The judge barked at the chicken. I will. Nyssa cocked her head inquiringly as she watched the doctor stride into the centre of the court and stake his claim. Her analytical mind attempted to make quick work of forming sense from the scene before her. There didn't seem to be much in the way of order around these parts. For instance, why was this trial taking place outside in the village square? Where was the courthouse? More to the point, a chicken on the stand accused of arson. Ridiculous. Even without knowing the details of the situation, it was clear to Nyssa that the chicken was innocent, even if she had accidentally started the fire. Animals don't have a particularly sophisticated sense of cause and effect. They don't understand consequence. They only act to fulfil their most basic needs. Food, water, shelter. Can any animal really be punished for seeking these things? The doctor looked across the square towards Nyssa and flashed her a mischievous grin. He detected her confusion and it tickled him greatly. He swiftly dashed towards her and whispered conspiratorially, I'm about to reveal to you the answer to the second oldest question in the universe. Nyssa was bemused. The second oldest question in the universe? What on earth could that mean? Once more her curiosity had been piqued by the doctor. He marched to the centre of the court. I'm the doctor, travelling barrister at law, he declared, fixing the judge's stare. I will act as defence for this poor, innocent chicken. There was a gasp from the gathered crowd. Why was this man stalling business? This was supposed to be an open and shut case. Today was the 28th of September 1357, the eve of Michaelmas. This chicken would be a fine addition to the feasting table tomorrow. The threat of a rioting rabble hung thick in the air. This audience was baying for blood. 
If they didn't see it come from the chicken today, they were certainly going to want it from somewhere. Nissa shifted uncomfortably in the mud. She silently hoped that it wouldn't be from the doctor. She grabbed the arm of a man standing by her and asked, Excuse me, sir, why is this chicken on the stand? He eyed her incredulously as he chomped down hard on an apple. Small pieces flew forth as he spat. Ha! I'm no sir. I'm a snipe. Toby Snipe. Pleasure. And how can you not know? Look over there, see? Nissa cast her eyes over to where his filthy chubby fingers pointed, past the morbid looming gallows on the west side of the square, and onward to a gap in the ramshackle houses that lined the southern edge. There were great piles of rubble and spikes of drenched blackened wood, rising in jagged, petrified angles from the rickety, sodden mass. That sorry mess there, he jerked his head, thrusting his tomato snout towards what looked like a collapsed homestead. Used to be Widow Webb's house, and next to that... Nissa's eyes tracked to what appeared to have been, until quite recently, the neighbouring building. That was our courthouse. Until a day ago, at least. What happened was this. Poor Widow Webb, exhausted from a long day of running her cloth stall on the market, climbed the stairs to a modest bedchamber, leaving a candle burning in the kitchen where she'd been working late into the night. It was always her dear departed husband, Mr. Webb, who would put out the candles before bedtime. Since he passed so recently, it's not yet worked into her routine to put the candles out herself. Anyway, I digress. This criminal hen, penned in for the night in this very coop we're standing by, looked across the street. As you can see from this spot, you can peer directly into the window of Widow Webb's kitchen. There, the chicken observed a bag of wheat lying unattended on the table. That's when she decided to escape the coop, dash across the road and sneak in through the window that had been left ajar. Or if only the window had been closed. Another of Mr. Webb's nightly rituals not yet taken on by the still-grieving Widow Webb, you see. If only she had known that this chicken had been lying in wait, just across the street, waiting for her opportunity to wreak havoc. Nowhere is safe these days, is it? Anyway, I digress. This here fowl, in its haste to fulfil its gluttony, knocked the still-lit candle over onto a nearby pile of cloth that Widow Webb had been carefully folding that evening, ready to sell at market the next day. Because of the dry spell we've been having, the whole house was ablaze soon enough, and it was all we could do to try to stop it from setting the whole village alight. Fire took the courthouse too, a great shame. There is one small mercy, though. We're to thank the Lord that the storm broke that night, or this chicken would surely have been the end of us all. Greed is the most heinous sin, the worst and most destructive of them all, as evidenced here, wouldn't you agree, young lady? He took another slathering munch of his apple. Nissa nodded in vague, distracted agreement, her nimble mind ricocheting with inquiry. Of course, it was quite possible that the chicken was responsible for this chaos, but to give it motivation was plain insanity. She was a simple animal attempting to fulfil a basic need. Nothing more, nothing less. How was the chicken able to get to the house? Surely she would be locked away at night in a coop to protect her from foxes and poachers, she asked. 
That it is, ordinarily. But this is no ordinary chicken. Look at her wily little eyes. I've seen her tight before. She knew exactly what she was doing. She plotted her escape, mark my words. It wouldn't surprise me if she were working for the devil. Excuse me? Nyssa responded, patiently plucking apple pips from her blouse. Well, this is what our good priest Bennett will argue when he takes up the prosecution, I imagine. Pure and virtuous man he is, a man of the cloth, and one who would defend innocent godly widow Webb to the last. He will see to it that she will have her reparations in this life and in heaven after. Villager Snipe picked a twig from the sopping earth and jammed it in between his teeth removing a stuck piece of apple skin. Nyssa wrinkled her nose in distaste. She was reminded of a roasted pig on a table with a full apple wedged in its mouth. She was about to give hasty thanks to the repugnant snipe before more tiny apple missiles spewed forth from his enthusiastic excavations when, mercifully, a sudden cheer from the crowd erupted. Priest Bennett was making his way to the centre of the court. His simple dark hooded robes tied at the waist with a plain undyed rope, made for a deceptively humble outfit. The fellow contained within, however, was a pure-bred showman. This court, like his church, was his theatre. The wild reception he received from the crowd reminded Nyssa of the welcome a boxer is awarded when entering the ring to fight. Bennett took his position in front of the judge. Before I start, Your Honour, I would just like to ask something of my opponent here. He rounded on the doctor, smirking, eyebrows raised. You call yourself the doctor. So which are you? He jabbed. A lawyer or a doctor? The sparring had begun. The gathered flock broke into a bleating cackle. Which are you? The doctor parried. A lawyer or a priest? More laughter from the crowd. The priest was taken aback by the doctor's sharp riposte. Seeing that he may have found a match in this opponent, he changed tack and quickly retreated to the official business at hand. The good people of Snittlegarth have been threatened by Satan's claw once more. This time it comes not in the shape of plague and pestilence, but in the form of this beaked demon. This chicken's appetite for crime, much like her appetite for grain, will not be sated. It is imperative that she be tried as an equal in this court of law, and that it is seen to that the harshest of punishments is delivered. There was wild whooping and cheering from the crowd. Order! the judge bellowed. Call the witness for the prosecution! The doctor quickly grabbed his new client from the stand and thrust the feathery arsonist into Nyssa's arms. He flashed a quietly confident smile at Nyssa and turned to watch the witness take his place. An emaciated man solemnly traipsed his way towards the stand. Dressed in white, it was clear that he had tried his best to maintain the cleanliness of his clothes. He shone like a lightly soiled angel, a glowing beacon of relative purity in the muddy surrounds. Nyssa observed that this slender man appeared to openly invite the persistent rain onto his body. Where others were doing their level best to shelter from the downpour, this man 
raised his face towards the sky as though the rain were tiny drops of cleansing tincture sent from heaven itself. Priest Bennett announced his witness. Villager Rolf, a fine and upstanding member of our community, I'm sure you will all agree. There were sniggers among the hordes. What did you witness on the 27th day of September? Rolf looked nervously at the crowd assembled before him. His throat was parched. His tummy rumbled. He opened his mouth to speak. The dryness in his throat choked him. He coughed and a rasp as he tried to form his statement. Uh, <coughs> I'm sorry. There was more laughter from the villagers. This will be easy. The doctor mouthed across the court to Nissa, a thumbs up, grin fixed. She stroked the chicken anxiously. Rolf began again. I... I woke late. Around four of the clock in the morning. I... I decided to take in some of the last of the cooling night air in the hope that it might lull me back to a restful slumber. I... I could feel there was a storm coming and I... I wanted to take advantage of that clear stillness that comes just before a squall breaks. I threw on my cloak and stepped out into the silent night which was pregnant with anticipation of the coming rain. I took in the moonlit square. It being just after the harvest moon that night, it was lit up most appealingly, the moon like a cool, bleak sun. It was, it was quite beautiful, in fact. Get on with it, you lazy oaf, yelled Snipe, chuckling as he threw his apple core at the stand. Nissa watched the next moments with keen curiosity. Rolf's eyes widened with a look of sheer terror at the oncoming missile. He cowered behind the cobbled-together wooden crates that formed his makeshift stand. The apple core smacked against the slats with a dull thud and landed with a plop in the mud. More schoolboy sniggering ensued from the assembled masses. On one hand, Nyssa was quietly delighted. With this kind of reception for the witness, it seemed certain that the doctor would win. Even the judge was stifling snorts of laughter. But on the other, she couldn't help but feel sorry for this wretched gentleman, Rolf. Who could be so petrified of such a small thing? After a moment to collect himself, Rolf continued. I have never seen a night so stale. I could almost imagine that there was not another living soul or animal around. Perfect, clean and unsullied, clear and unintoxicated bliss. Uh, that's when I saw her. In fact, I smelled her first. Such a pungent, acrid smell. A, a mix of sulfuric eggs and mite-ridden feathers. I heard her pathetic cluck clucking and saw her as she made her escape out of the door of Widow Webbs's house, across the street and back to the coop on the square. That's when I saw the smoke curling out from the crack in the window of Widow Webster's kitchen. What a frightening thing for you to have witnessed! Priest Bennett looked earnestly to the crowd for sympathy. What did you do next? 
Rolf mustered his courage once more. Well, I did what anyone would do. I got down on my knees and prayed to God that the rain would come sooner to extinguish the growing blaze. Ladies and gentlemen, the priest enthused, a simple, God-fearing man calling upon the highest of powers to help save the village. This is to be commended for sure. There were murmurs of agreeance from the crowd. Were they turning in Rolf's favour? Bennett pressed forth. Alas, the rain came too late. Widow Webb's homestead and the courthouse perished in the fire. It seems to me the plainest of facts that it was indeed this greedy, unrepentant chicken that caused this wanton destruction. More to this plainest of facts is the truth that we must all give our thanks to villager Rolf for saving us. Without his pleading to the Lord to deliver the rain sooner, our village would have been destroyed. This good man has not only saved us, but he has also delivered unto us the chicken who would see us perish. Wild ovation and fell screeching emanated from the crowd. The doctor gingerly picked his way through the mud towards Nyssa. He spoke softly to the chicken. I'm so sorry. This man is rather good at his job, but I shall do what I can to save you, my friend. I shall be your voice. The chicken lifted her head mournfully and clucked in appreciation. Surely he couldn't speak chicken too, thought Nyssa. The doctor peered back at the stand just in time to see the enthusiastic court warden peel away from the crowd and pluck Rolf from the stand. He carried him aloft on his shoulders in exuberant celebration, whooping and cheering as he held their village rescuer aloft. Rolf squirmed and wriggled like a cat being hugged too hard by a child. He seemed aghast at being thrust into the limelight like this. But there was something more than that. Look, Nyssa. The doctor appeared at her side. Rolf is horrified by their touch. How curious. Perhaps he simply doesn't like being touched without being asked first, said Nyssa. Perhaps. The doctor drifted into thought. The jubilant crowd eventually set Rolf down, whereupon he set about brushing himself down in a vigorous manner. After he had performed his ad hoc ablutions, he skulked slowly like a wounded beast back to his place at the stand. It was time for the doctor to cross-examine the witness. I've seen enough trials to know roughly how this bit should go. He flashed a quick, strained smile to Nyssa, pulled at his collar and turned back to his position in the court. Harnessing what little bravura he had left, the doctor addressed his witness. Rolf! How did you come to be awake at four o'clock on the morning of the 27th? You said yourself that the night was so still that you could easily have believed not another living soul was about the place. So, what exactly was it that stirred you from your slumber that night? Rolf looked uneasy. Truth be told, Doctor, it was my rumbling stomach that woke me. Ha! I'm not surprised! interjected Snipe from the crowd. Rolf here won't eat animals, sir. He prefers to make do with apples and wheat. 
That's not enough to sate the appetite of any man. That's why he never lifts a finger to help in the village. He's not lazy. He's simply too weak. <laughs> Is that right, Rolf? Asked the doctor gently. You won't eat the flesh of another animal. Why is that? Dirty. I don't want disease, replied Rolf, barely audible, scratching at his arms uncomfortably. Aha! But all the other inhabitants of Snittlegarth consume the flesh of animals, and they are all perfectly healthy. The doctor cast a dubious eye over the pockmarked, sparsely-toothed onlookers. Sort of. What makes you so special, Rolf? I'm not special, defended Rolf. I'm just like every other dirty oik here, his tremulous voice squeaked. So if you're not special, then it must be the animals that are special to you. Rolf's voice contorted into a look of disgust. Nose wrinkled, he spat. No, and especially not a chicken. I've never seen a more foul creature in my life. The horrid beak, filthy claws, the, the lice-ridden feathers. Rolf's breathing quickened, his chest rising and falling rapidly as he heaved. With little warning, a huge gelatinous stream of jet-black ooze suddenly poured from his mouth, soaring over the square. The crowd immediately silenced, the air thick with shock. It was as though the whole of Snittlegarth had been suddenly and wholly submerged in ice-cold water. Sounds suspended, tight chests, no breath. The only movement detected by some casual passer-by at that exact moment in time would have been the thick, tar-like substance sailing through the air, forming a perfect arch across the centre of Snittlegarth. The end of this jet-black rainbow did not lead to a pot of gold, though. It led with a dense splosh to the head of the Agog villager, Snipe. At least there will be some small justice done today, thought Nyssa. Time kicked back in, and collective heads above the icy water once more, there was an eruption of sound. A swelling cacophony of riotous laughter rang in the square as Snipe dashed to splutter out the goop behind the neighbouring gallows. Order! The judge screeched. Order! It was no use. Chaos had descended upon the square. Nyssa, suppressing giggles at the justice she had just witnessed, sought out the doctor to share a look of forbidden glee. Her eyes eventually found him, but he wasn't to be reached. She observed in him that faraway gaze she knew very well. Brow furrowed, the doctor stared steadily at Rolf. Nyssa pushed her way through the crowds and grabbed his arm. She yelled above the clamour, What is it, Doctor? That black sticky stuff. I think it's given me the answer, Nyssa. A man vomits and you have solved the case? Yes, at least I think so. Order! Order! The judge yelled again. The villagers began to settle. Nyssa eyed the Doctor quizzically and cuddling her new feathered friend tightly made her way back to her place in the crowd. The doctor waited for the babbling and the giggling to subside. That was quite a show, Rolf. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know. That's all right. Because now I know, don't I, Rolf? Know what, sir? Rolf quivered. I know what you are, the doctor intoned. Good fellows of Snittlegarth. 
What has been revealed to me in this moment cannot and will not be denied. This man has disclosed his truest self to me. It is time that I reveal him to you, too. Rolf stood small, pale and goose-pimpled, a clothed, plucked version of his tufty adversary. The people of Snittlegarth have been under your spell for some time, haven't they, Rolf? You have infiltrated your way into their lives, contributing very little to the village and yet taking a share of crops, haven't you? Who, you might ask, ladies and gentlemen, would be capable of such a feat? I will tell you right now. This man standing right here. This sorcerer. There was an audible gasp from the villagers. Some screeched, cowered and fled back to their houses, whilst the braver amongst them puffed out their chests and stood shakily in the newfound warlock's presence. A still terror descended. The people of Snittlegarth had heard of witchcraft, but had been lucky enough not to be victims of it. Until now. This man refuses to eat animals not because they are dirty, not because he is picky, or because he finds them disgusting. No, quite the opposite. The crowd leaned in on tenterhooks. These animals are your familiars, aren't they, Rolf? You work with them, don't you? Indeed, I do believe that it was the chicken that stole the grain that started the fire that night, but not for self-serving reasons of hunger, no. She serves another, doesn't she, Rolf? She serves you. The doctor turned to face his audience. We have been asking the wrong questions, ladies and gentlemen. The question is not one of dull particulars. It is not, when did the chicken make her way from the square to the house that night? It is not a question of simple motivation. It is not what did the chicken want from Widow Webb's house. The real question, goodly citizens, is this. The doctor paused. Snittlegarth was his. Why? Why did the chicken cross the road? Why did she make that fateful journey across the street in the first place? I will tell you why in one simple, irrefutable word. This chicken was compelled to cross the road to Widow Webb's house that evening by the power of witchcraft. Rolf whelped and shook his head violently in protest. The crowd shrieked in pure terror. Nissa had never heard a sound like it. The doctor drove on. You wanted that grain and, too cowardly and weak to execute the sinful task yourself, you placed a spell on this innocent creature to do your bidding, didn't you, Rolf? He turned to face the crowd, arms raised as he gave his address. He lowered his hands, hushing the petrified mob and spoke. Do not be afraid. This sorcerer is weak. In making these animals his familiars, he has made a pact that has seen him grow sickly. In eating solely from the land, he has rendered himself too physically feeble to overpower you completely. He has only the ability to feed from the wealth your land produces, to suck your arable resources dry like a leech sucks blood from a sleeping babe. Now I have awoken you to his tricks. It is time to shake off the spell and cast him out before he commands his animal minions to further execute his evil will. There was a calamitous cheer from the rabble. Teeth bared, eyes wild, they would have their blood. I feel another trial is in order, Your Honour. The doctor rounded fast to face the man in the stand. 
Villager Rolf, you stand accused of witchcraft. More whooping and cheering from the ecstatic crowd. Nissa was increasingly distressed. What was the doctor doing? Order! the judge cried, so that I might sentence this warlock. Abated silence ensued. Priest Bennett, that a man of your faith should have been so tricked by a man such as the one we have before us is only testament to his potential power. This fire is clearly just the beginning, a portent of greater horrors yet to come. Thankfully, we have been largely spared from this man's curse upon our small hamlet. This poor chicken has been a mere conduit for his ill intentions. I acquit her of all charges. Excellent. Well, I'm glad that's settled then. The doctor reached out to shake the hand of Priest Bennett. The judge continued. As to you, villager Rolf, I sentence you to public hanging for the crime of witchcraft. What? Uh, no, that, that's not... Oh, no! The doctor blanched. This clearly wasn't going to plan. No, no, it's not true. Please, I, I beg you, please stop. Hear my words! Rolf sobbed. The judge eyed him warily. No, your words will likely be a spell that will have you acquitted by myself in a heartbeat. I will not have it. Council, take him immediately to the gallows. The burly warden that had carried Rolf as a saviour just moments before lurched forward, grabbing the slight man, holding him aloft not in victory this time, but in a vitriolic procession across the square towards his death. Nyssa shot the doctor a look of alarm. Surely he was not about to let this man be hanged. Rolf was thrown roughly onto the platform of the gallows. The hangman slowly placed the noose around Rolf's neck. The doctor gulped and tried his best reassuring smile towards Nyssa. Your Honour, I must protest in the strongest possible terms, the doctor began, but the words fell on leadened ears. Priest Bennett stood below the gallows, remorse writ large across his moonlit face. The judge would have it that you do not speak, but the good book dictates that I must allow you your parting words. Confess and repent now, and the Lord might yet receive you in heaven. Rolf glared coldly at the priest. Where I come from, cleanliness is valued above all else. This fastidiousness is extended to the mind and soul too. To be put to death now, tarnished with the blemish of the secret I hold in my heart would surely condemn me to a horrid fate in the afterlife. Get on with it, squealed Snipe from the assembled crowd. I will confess, Rolf capitulated. Priest Bennett gave a satisfied smile to his audience. Rolf bellowed his confession to the gathered mob below. I come from Augury 23. A planet in a small galaxy, a few hundred light years from here, if you can comprehend that. There on that planet, like this chicken, I was wrongly accused of theft. There was palpable confusion amongst the villagers. The courts of law on my planet serve the cruelest sentences. They do not believe that any action is punishable by death. 
it is preferred that those who have wronged society be subjected to a kind of living hell. If found guilty of a crime, we are sent to filth-ridden planet Earth, where plagues are rife and animals are allowed to roam free. This planet is our penal colony. Hundreds of us have been sent here, but many of us do not last too long. We walk the streets seeking cold comfort in abandoned barns. Many of us starve quickly, unable to sustain ourselves, perishing in this unfathomable filth that you call home. When I arrived here in Snittlegarth, I found an empty barn on the edge of the village. I tried to make it my home. I wanted so much to be of service here. I, I tried to work, I really did, but... Between the pigs and the swell and the slop buckets, well... He began to heave again. Snipe swiftly ducked behind Nyssa. Rolf could not contain his revulsion any longer. To be accused of working with these disgusting creatures to destroy your village is too much for me to bear. I was repulsed by these animals when I arrived here, even more so when I saw that you sustain yourselves on their meat. I knew I would not survive long. But then I, I saw this chicken in the coop, pecking at this grain substance. I thought, if this mangy beast can survive on that, perhaps I can too. Rolf paused, stealing himself. I broke into Widow Webb's house. The villagers screeched feverishly at the wild revelations unfolding in front of them. I stole the grain so that I might be able to sustain myself. It was my greed that saw her home and the courthouse destroyed, not the chickens. As I watched the trial that should have been mine own today, I realised something. If I let this chicken be hanged for this crime, I would be no better than those who wrongly accused me back on Augury 23. I should be hanged for this. I am still innocent on my own planet, but I am guilty of what I stand accused of here on Earth. My time served here will finally be justified. I came to Earth as an innocent being. I will leave it. Guilty as charged. A raucous and confused melee of people rushed to the foot of the gallows and grabbed feverishly at Rolf's bare feet. He swerved unsteadily, the noose nagging tighter at his neck. Enough! interjected Priest Bennett. This is insanity! Ignoring the finer details of this ridiculous tale, what is clear is that this man has confessed that he is a demon from this monstrous underworld he calls Augury 23. The punishment must be carried out! Rolf nodded in agreement. Chin held high, he solemnly and bravely awaited his fate. The hooded hangman's hand reached out towards the wooden lever. Wait! the doctor yelled. Surely it is better to keep this man alive. He is too weak to be proficient in sorcery, but he could be of some service to you. Nyssa unsteadily scrambled up the gallows stairs with the ruffled, soggy chicken in hand. The doctor prized the creature from her and pushed it into Rolf's arms. Rolf whitened. The doctor turned to address the judge below. For this man, death would be respite. A greater punishment would be to keep him alive, protecting the very thing he detests. Yes, Nyssa interjected. The chickens of the village could be under his protection. 
This is a much more fitting sentence than a senseless execution. It can be a new kind of sentence. Let's call it community service. The hangman paused, his hand suspended over the release mechanism. After a short and exasperated pause came a fractious, Very well, the judge relented. Rolf, you have been found guilty of theft and arson. Your sentence to be servant to the peltry of Snittlegarth for the rest of your days. Priest Bennett, as a precaution, take this man to the church immediately and exorcise the demons that may live within him, so that tomorrow he might begin his life as a good and law-abiding citizen of Snittlegarth. This case is closed. The hangman removed the noose from around Rolf's neck eyeing him warily as the convict made his way slowly down the steps onto the grass below. Priest Bennett took him by the elbow and guided him gently towards the church on the far side of the square. The villagers parted as he walked by them, a mixture of horror and sorrow at the pitiful being they saw before them. The Doctor and Anissa trudged across the moonlit square, making their way back to the TARDIS, which was concealed behind the large stable block to the east. Doctor, how did you manage to extract Rolf's confession? That was a kind of witchcraft all of its own. The Doctor nodded. I knew where he was from as soon as I saw the black tar-like substance he emitted in court. I don't know a great deal about Augury 23 but I do know that the inhabitants expel a dark, sticky substance from their mouths when they feel threatened, especially by anything they perceive to be dirty or unclean. This goo is highly antiseptic and cleanses anything nearby. An excellent defence mechanism by all accounts, and I dare say it found a fitting home on Snipe's head. When I realised Rolf was from Augury 23, I knew exactly what to do. I knew I could force the truth from him. The hygienic moral code of Augury 23 runs deep. It's not just about physical purity, but cleanliness of conscience too. The sense of morality and justice on Rolf's planet is second to none, you see, Nyssa. There's no way a citizen of that planet would deliberately allow another being to be wrongly sentenced to death, no matter how foul they considered them to be. I see, Nyssa responded, satisfied. They arrived at the door of the TARDIS. Doctor, one more thing. If that was the second oldest question, then what's the oldest question in the universe? <laughs> <laughs>